Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You're listening to The Blonde Files Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie. I hope everybody is having a great week so far. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, I am on my way to New York. I'm going to be there for about a week. I'm doing a bunch of podcasts when I'm there and some other work. And I'm also having an event on Sunday, which I'm really excited about. It's kind of something that we threw together last minute, but I really wanted to just have an opportunity to meet a bunch of you in real life. And it's something that I want to do more of this year. So once we're done with this one, we're definitely going to plan one in LA because I have to. And then we're going to look at some other cities to kind of bop around to. (laughs) So keep an eye out for an announcement. I will be keeping you guys up to speed on all of that on Instagram. So I have a great episode for you today. I have Lindsay Aaron. Lindsay is the founder of Owl Venice. Owl stands for One Whole Life and Owl Venice is a bone broth company and they have a skincare line now as well. So I will let Lindsay tell her story, but the company came to fruition as a result of her personal journey to health. She was experiencing different health issues and she began making her own bone broth with locally sourced bones and an array of herbs and veggies. And through months of testing and development, she created a broth recipe, which is their signature product now. And if you live in California, you've probably seen it in your local grocery store. Lots of influencers love it. So it's all over Instagram, myself included. And I just love everything that she stands for. They also have a zero waste policy, which is amazing. And they just opened their first store on Abbott Kinney in Venice. So it doesn't get much cooler than that. But she has a really interesting story, and she just has a really refreshing take on living a healthy lifestyle. And I love that we talk about like gut health and gut healing protocols, and she's a proponent for like just eating your pizza, like just eat a piece of pizza if you want pizza, even if you're healing your gut. Um, and it's really interesting because you don't really hear that perspective very often. So. You'll hear that later in the episode, and I won't spoil it anymore. So without further ado, Lindsay Aaron. 
Okay, so I have Lindsay here from Owl Venice, One Whole Life. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. You have been so supportive of me on my journey, and I just love your broth and your cleanse and everything that you stand for. Um, so I'm really excited to have you here today and talk about how your business came to be and your personal journey and all of that. Okay, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I read a little bit about um, why you started and about your journey, but for the listeners who probably don't know, why don't you kind of give them a background? Okay, great. Um, I always feel like my health journey started about 10 years ago uh, when I moved to Chicago. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And until that time, I never really thought about the effects of my diet or lifestyle choices on my long-term health. Um, so that was a big wake-up call for me. At that point in my life, I was pretty much living on Cheez-Its and Diet Coke. Nice. <laughs> Going out late, partying. I was working in the music industry. So... My mom was always really healthy, a dietitian, and I thought, oh shit, <laughs> if this can happen to her, then I'm definitely screwed. So um, that's when I really started paying attention to what I was eating. I started doing a lot of research on food as medicine. I started cooking, trying out um, different diets. I tried veganism and um, plant-based diet, paleo and I, that just kind of spurred me into always researching about superfoods or food as medicine. And um, I started feeling really out of place in Chicago, I think, after I started that journey because it was such a uh, drinking culture and everyone thought it was really weird what I was doing and they would ask me questions about it. And you could tell that when you started talking about it, people were interested, but it just wasn't really, uh, it wasn't a, a thing in Chicago at that time yet, like it is now in LA. I'm sure you know, like we have healthy food options everywhere. Everyone knows about plant-based diet and the effect of nutrition on our bodies and our ability to heal and all that, but it just wasn't um, part of the culture or part of my what my friends were talking about or doing at that time. So. Um, after that, I moved to LA. I wanted to get out of the music scene. It was a really male dominated industry. It didn't feel healthy. I wanted to be somewhere where I could go outside. And, um, my, a lot of my friends from college lived out in California. So I, uh, moved out about seven years ago to California, started working for a footwear company, um, doing marketing and, graphic design, that sort of thing. Um, and in LA, I just was surrounded by healthy food options and people talking about health. And it was a way of connecting with people and making friends. And um, my interest in it only started growing. And after two years, I left my job at Blowfish and I started working for myself doing um, mostly graphic and web design um, projects and photography as well. And, um, I started cooking a lot more. I started a blog. Um, I'd share a lot of healthy recipes and that sort of thing. And, um, 
then a few years into that, I started getting really horrible acne. I went off birth control and um, I just couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. I was trying all different kinds of products, spending so much money, changing my diet, all this stuff, nothing helped. And then I went home for the summer. My mom told me about how her friend's daughter had acne as well. And um, she recommended that I try doing oil cleansing method. I'd never heard about it before. I was like, that doesn't make sense. My skin's oily and breaking out. How could putting oil on it work? But I tried it. It cleared up my skin so much. Um, and I started making my own products. I started blending different oils I was reaching about, uh, researching about and adding essential oils and created this line of skincare products. And I launched OWL. Like It actually first started as a skincare company. And I was doing workshops around town at Whole Foods. I was really passionate about it. And it never took off. <laughs> like My friends and family ordered it like a couple people but mm -hmm. it just didn't take off people didn't get it and then I went through a breakup and my health was really even though I ate all organic and I thought I was healthy I wasn't I was getting sinus infections all the time constant allergies I didn't realize I had a lot of gut issues going on and um, after the breakup I just wanted to take care of myself I started drinking bone broth. And then I started reading about low FODMAP diet, stopped eating garlic and onions, and I couldn't find any broth on the market that didn't have garlic or onions. So I started making my own, adding a bunch of herbs to mask the taste of it because I actually hated the taste of bone broth. And I kind of landed on what's now like Owl's flagship product. And all my friends were interested. I put up a post on Facebook and I've been like pretty much making broth ever since. So. Wow. That's amazing that it started out as a skincare thing and then kind of turned into broth. But now you, you still have your skincare line. Yeah, we just right? reintroduced the skincare yeah. in the last six months. Ugh. So it felt like the brand was established enough where we could really start branching out and trying out new products. Right. So... Okay, there's a few things that I want to unpack, but how how quickly after you kind of landed on your recipe for broth, which is different from other broths um, on the market and that it's more of like an elixir, right? Yeah. And so how quickly after you started incorporating that did the health issues that you were experiencing start to clear up or like what benefits did you notice? I would say, so I always had a pot of broth going. I was always experimenting. Every week I would go to the market and put different herbs or vegetables in it. And so every night, rather than having alcohol or ice cream or potato chips, I had my cup of broth. And so I was really consistent about it. It was kind of my evening ritual. And after a week or two, I started noticing in yoga class, my joints were really lubricated. I was feeling really loose and good in my body. Um, that was the first thing I noticed. Then uh, a couple weeks after that, I started noticing that my skin felt really moisturized. And um, then it was about a month or I would say four to six weeks before I really started noticing the internal effects and my digestion really getting a lot better and improving. And I will say that on top of doing the broth, I also cut out dairy, gluten, alcohol, sugar. So it was a combination of all of those lifestyle choices and the consistent effort. But 
it was definitely a month, four to six weeks into things before I really started noticing. I think that's important for people to hear because I think a lot of people, myself included, like when I was having gut issues, um, it's hard to have the patience to like really make lifestyle changes. And like you said, to be consistent with something long enough, like you can't just drink bone broth for a couple of days yeah. necessarily. And like all of a sudden, Unless like your you bloating have a is cold gone. and right. you're using it for more of the immune boosting effects, which I have heard and experienced bone broth helping more immediately with those mm -hmm. types of symptoms. But yeah, if you're suffering from a gut issue, usually that's like, years and years of abu abuse, all, right. I guess, um, to your system, it takes some time to reverse those effects. Yeah. And with your gut issues, I know that you said that your mom, your mom's a dietitian, right? Yeah. So your mom was really health conscious growing up. And before you started OWL, you were kind of subsisting on some unhealthy things. But mm -hmm. were you always like that? Or were you like, did your mom try to? Well, I will say my mom was a dietitian. However, she also was in the health trend at that time, low fat. So I remember having margarine and wow chips in the house. Mm -hmm. So there were some things that were quote unquote healthy at the time that obviously we've learned are not. But my mom cooked dinner for the family every night. Every night we came together and we had dinner. So I, I was impacted by seeing her cooking and having that connection with food and community and coming together with my family. Um, I think that that feeling is what's inspired me and that I've been coming back to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like I kind of had a similar upbringing around food and that like my dad was actually the the chef in the family and he would mm. cook every night my mom would help too but like having that prepared home cooked kind of prepared fresh food I think helped me down the line because I also you know as a teenager like I would eat mac and cheese out of the box with like ranch dressing on it and like mm -hmm. all this ramen noodles package like oh so much raw. ramen yeah yeah oh my god and as I got older though, like I now, like I, I genuinely have an affinity for healthy food. Like that's what I crave. And I yeah. think it goes back to having that when I was younger, because I know people that didn't and who just always ate like processed food and they have a really hard time adopting healthier um, choices now when it comes to nutrition. Yeah. I mean, I had both, I would go to school and eat ice cream for lunch and then I'd go home and have a yeah. home cooked meal. So that definitely kept me grounded do you think that having those kind of foods maybe the less healthy stuff in your diet when you were younger caught up with you and was and contributed to your gut issues or anything like that mm, to be honest no I think uh I ate enough whole foods and exercised enough and I was healthy and young enough to um, move those things along through my system. However, what did impact my gut um, issues directly, I think, was more so um, when I was in Chicago, I started getting, well, I went on uh, to a wedding and I got a severe kidney infection. I was in Anguilla for a wedding. I came back. I thought I had the flu and... Um, 
I had a kidney infection. A week later, I started peeing like bright orange. And then when I went to the doctor, I found out I only had one working kidney. I went on all kinds of antibiotics. And then after that, it was like fear that something would happen anytime I thought I might have a UTI or a kidney infection or anything. I was taking antibiotics. So I want to say I took like four or five rounds of antibiotics in like a year period. And I think that really affected the me and mm-hmm. my gut stuff. Yeah, I I can relate to that. I used to pop antibiotics like they were vitamins. <laughs> yeah. And my dad's a doctor and he would always warn me about it. Not so much about like the effect on the microbiome, but just developing resistance to antibiotics and yeah. now I know obviously that like I probably wiped out all the good bacteria along with the bad stuff and I think that really with my issues came back to kind of haunt me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Know? So how did you land on your recipe? Um, You know, the first time I tried to make bone broth, I almost burned my house down. <laughs> I left the l- lid open a little bit and so much air escaped that I woke up in the morning and it was just a burnt mess on the bottom of the pot. I had to throw it away. And after that, I'm surprised I didn't give up. But I really just went to the farmer's market every week and played around with stuff and figuring out how long to simmer the bones versus the vegetables. Because if I noticed when I was doing the vegetables for as long as the bones, it would get bitter. And I was just kind of playing around and experimenting. And I don't think we landed on a permanent recipe until maybe six months in. For a while, every week I'd have a new recipe. Um, But we landed on something where we're able to get all of the ingredients year round, fresh. Um, all of the herbs that we put in are fresh um, from the local farmer's markets. So it was through the experimentation of finding what um, was available. We use ginger, ginger and turmeric in place of garlic and onions in our recipes. Um, and then we use fennel, Swiss chard, carrots, and celery, which are all gut healing uh, ingredients and then a, a wide range of herbs as well. That's huge because so many people are sensitive to garlic and onion and you're right I don't think it's in pretty much every broth that I've ever come across has that most of them do yeah Yeah. there's a few now that are taking more of the medicinal right herb approach to yeah because it is kind of counterintuitive like this gut healing concoction then has like some common irritants it's just kind of like yeah it's interesting (laughs) I remember asking my friend who was a health coach at the time like oh I'm not supposed to have garlic and onions but what about in broth is it the same thing if it's not the food itself she was like yeah you can still be irritated by it I was like oh shit so (laughs) I started looking everywhere I didn't want to make my own right like I want to buy it (laughs) how did you learn about herbs and like the power of herbs um I've always just loved herbs, the smells of them. And uh, I did a lot of research on just different uh, food as medicine. So researching how to heal this or that. And I kept coming across herbs as remedies for all of these different diseases or symptoms. And um, so I just thought, honestly, what better way to mask the taste of this stuff? Because I couldn't... was disgusting to me thought of like bone broth and Mm -hmm. 
the really like jelly. Right. I couldn't, it wasn't my thing. So I was like, I want the benefits, but I want it to taste good. So it was kind of a happy accident, I guess. So how do you, for people like me who have no idea, how do you even make bone broth? Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to do it, but um, we put bones in frozen with apple cider vinegar and we simmer them for 24 to 36 hours and then we drop in the herbs and vegetables in the last three to six hours and um, then we strain it. But you can also make it really easily in an instant pot. Um, I do that now still for the dogs because they can't have our broth because of the ginger and turmeric. Um, but you can just literally throw the scraps of a rotisserie chicken or whatever bones meat you want into the instant pot, cover it with water, add a little apple cider vinegar, which helps to mineralize the bones and put it on pressure cook for like three or four hours and you get the same um, consistency as like a long simmer on the stovetop and less smell, less clean up. <laughs> instant pot. What did we do before the instant pot? I don't Seriously. know. <laughs> I lost the little uh, top valve oh, to mine, no. and I haven't you been able to use it, it in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, bone broth is kind of like quote unquote trendy right now, but what what people might not know is that it's been like around for centuries, right? Yeah. So, who can benefit from bone broth? Do you, in your opinion? In my opinion, everyone can benefit from bone broth in one form or another. It's been around for centuries, you're right, and every culture has its own version because in the past we were conscious about you know, using all of the parts of the animal and being sustainable and um, getting the benefits from the marrow in all parts of the animal. So um, what I love about bone broth is that it really meets everyone where you're at. So whether you're healthy or sick, or young or old or whether you're using it to help fight a cold or repair from injury or recover from injury or just to get basic nutrition for somebody who's maybe going through chemo and doesn't have an appetite it's a great way to just get nutrients um, I've heard of a lot of people giving it to their kids as their first introduction food ours especially is great for that with the herbs because it helps to develop their palate it's also amazing for pre and uh, postnatal postpartum recovery. Um, yeah, I, I've seen so many different people dealing with so many different issues, having such positive experiences with broth that to me it's undeniable that it's a healthy thing for us. So let's rewind a little bit. I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but once you landed on your recipe, and you were incorporating it into your lifestyle, how did you then turn it into a business? Um, I mean, when you started making it, did you have the intention of, because no. I know that you were trying to have a skincare line, and so when you were- Oh yeah, I had my skincare line. I had no intention of starting a bone broth company, but um, a couple months into it, my friends were like, oh my God, what have you been doing? I lost like 20 pounds, my skin was great, I was, I, you could Thriving. tell from the outside, yeah, but really it was from the in, it was yeah. started from the inside, but yeah, people noticed the outside effects and um, they started asking me to make some for them and so I would and then uh, my friend and mentor um, 
called me one day and she said, okay, I have a friend. He just went to his colon doctor. She prescribed him bone broth. Will you make him some? He'll pay you. And I was like, <laughs> okay, sure. And I went and found the bones from Buy Ranch Direct, which we still use at the farmer's market and made a big pot. And I had like five jars left over after what I gave him. So I put up a post on a women's group on Facebook. And I swear we got like 600 likes and 100 orders in a week wow. on this post. And wow. I drove How to Surfa's three and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. I drove to Surfa's, bought a couple of big pots. And I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> and I've been pretty much like just keeping up with it since then. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And you guys, you're sold only in LA right now? Or? No, we have accounts from San Diego up to Fresno. Okay. Mostly in LA. Mm -hmm. We have 30 or so locations and then we sell online as well. And you guys have an amazing cleanse. Thank you. Which I did maybe in the beginning of this year or like this. Yeah, I think sometime so. in the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, the so the broth is amazing but like the matcha <laughs> and the what was the other one um the, the golden, golden oh so good so how did you come up with that um i was following this low fodmap elimination diet and i was really inspired by the all liquid cleanse the juice cleanses but i could never get through one myself uh it was just too light in calories and left me feeling depleted and then afterwards I just went back to old patterns I never really saw any effects plus all of the sugar I was like how can I take that same idea where you're giving the body all liquid so the digestive system has more energy to work on repairing itself um, but do it in a way where I'm going to feel full and satisfied um, and so I just started playing around and honestly like the original recipes for the shakes that I did were pretty similar to what they still are. Um, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do a morning with spirulina and something and a turmeric one that will be more of the nighttime. Originally, the golden ginger was the evening drink. I switched it around later on. Um, and then I wanted something with another beautiful color. So that's why I went with beets mm -hmm. and it really is kind of like a green yellow it's red a rainbow yeah mm -hmm. a delicious rainbow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I did it for four days I believe right yeah three or four days it's hard to remember um and I was I was afraid because I am like I mean I, I think I'm like a snacker right and like I eat it's just kind of like a comfort thing half the time um, and I had never done a cleanse before, but you can incorporate some food. Like I think I had avocado. Yeah. Squash. It's really just focusing on foods that are easy to digest. Mm -hmm. Um, the idea behind the cleanse was never to deprive yourself. So I've always left it optional for people to add in food. Um, I didn't want to recommend that anyone didn't add in food yeah. and, you know, have somebody like passing out right. because they're not listening to their body. So when I did it, I did it 10 days without food and I was fine. Um, but yeah, I think that it still has amazing benefits. Even if you incorporate food, I just recommend people stay away from raw foods, cruciferous vegetables, and just focus on gut nourishing 
foods that are easy to digest. Yeah, I think the issue, so the first couple of days, the second day I was like euphoric. (laughs) (laughs) And the third day too, but then I started getting that like, kind of like compulsive bottomless pit feeling and feeling like Mm -hmm. I needed. And and I was like, I think this is my hormones. Like, I, th- I think I'm going to get my period. <laughs> and it actually just so lined up that like it was, I started it right before I got my period. So I, the last day I was like, oh my God. Cause you know, when you're, that's gotta be PMS, the hardest you, time to do it yeah. because I want pizza and French yes, fries. And like, before just I get to like, it's just that like manic feeling. Like you just need to like put something, you mm-hmm. just need to eat. No, yeah. whether you're hungry or not but other than that it was amazing and those drinks i always tell people are like the best can you buy those anywhere uh you the can website? pre-order them on the website and then sometimes we have avail them available in the store i'm like i don't want to start making stuff and throwing it away at the yeah. end of the day so as soon as we get consistent people coming and asking we'll probably have them available at the shop but for right now it's all made to order yeah so when did you open your shop it's uh, on abbott County, right <laughs> Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a very serendipitous situation. We uh, gifted the uh, Adam from Accutonics next door to us, an eight-day cleanse a long time ago. And when the space became available, the landlord got in touch with him to take over the space to do his herbs next door and build out more of like an apothecary for his uh, acupuncture business. And he was like, I'm not ready for it. And he reached out to us, said, hey, do you want this spot? And yeah, we just went for it. Um, It felt like the universe was like, do you want to grow or not? It's your choice. So um, we signed the lease in March, about two days after he presented us with the opportunity. And um, we did the build out for a couple months, had a mold situation um which held everything up um but yeah now we're all all set up there we started opening for semi-regular hours uh three weeks ago about we haven't done our soft opening yet and there's (laughs) still no sign on the door and i'm just like taking it day by day and trying not to let it stress me out it's so exciting though but it i mean it's whatever you're doing is working obviously yeah kind of like you're like you you're like an accidental entrepreneur (laughs) is honestly like the it it directs me the business tells me where it's going it Mm -hmm. always kind of has I feel like I'm just behind the wheel but the car is driving itself or I I don't know it's always felt like that like very organic and we've been super lucky with people like you that support us and help us grow and get the word out very organically we've never had to pay for advertising or things like that so um yeah i feel really fortunate that's amazing especially in this day and age yeah to not have to you know to and that's a testament to your product too yeah people are passionate about it and sharing it without you guys having to go out there and seek them yeah and pay them and all of that and you know when things are just kind of flowing like that that you're like in alignment with the universe right yeah yeah, it definitely feels like a a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is what is your lifestyle like outside of owl and the bone broth? And how did how did that evolve as you kind of transitioned from Chicago to here and and along this journey? Yeah. Um, 
in the beginning, there was no lifestyle outside of Owl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more and more so, I'm getting there and finding balance. But it, it was kind of an all-in thing. I didn't even know what I was getting into. It was like I was in over my head from the minute I started because I'd never worked out of a commercial kitchen space. I was hand pouring every single jar of broth through a tea strainer at my house. <laughs> I had no idea how to scale the production to anything sizable um, at that time, but I've been blessed with people along the path who have really helped me out. Um, about six months or so into it, I want to say I got rid of my house because I couldn't afford a kitchen in the house and was just pretty like rogue and homeless for a year, just going from kitchen to kitchen and really just going wherever was necessary. And that at that point, there was no life outside of Owl. It was all in labeling broth until three in the morning and delivering, basically living out of a Prius. Um, about a year and a half, two years ago, moved into an apartment um, in Playa del Rey, our house. And um, now there's much more balance. We're growing our team every day, which is taking a lot of the load off of me. And um, it, it's fun to see how the business takes form when there's more people, more hands in it and more people contributing. And we're really lucky to have like a family of people that have come together and it really feels like a family business. So yeah, life you, outside of Owl, there's not there much, not. but it's getting there. <laughs> so how do you take care of yourself? Uh, rituals are really important to me, waking up and having lemon water, going for walks with the dogs. Um, I, I used to be a yoga person, but I kind of converted into Pilates person a couple months ago and I've been doing that. So um it's night. so grounding, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love yoga, but for me, it's more ethereal and less in my physical body. Mm -hmm. I just kind of, it's almost like a moving meditation for me, but Pilates is uh, a whole other way of connecting with my body that feels very physical. And the results are more, are more physical mm -hmm. um, than the yoga for me. But um yeah, and trying to make time to cook myself meals and sit down for a nice dinner. Those are the moments where I feel like I'm nourishing myself and grounding. Yeah, so I'm curious what your diet is like now. Because you mentioned that you were, you tried out various diets and lifestyle, I guess I'll call them like veganism. And um, what is, yeah, what do you eat now? And are your gut, is your gut healed now? And where do you, where are you with all of that? Yeah, I would say my gut is pretty solid. Of course, like, you know, I eat too much of the buffalo cauliflower from Air One oh and I God. get gas like everybody else. <laughs> but um, yeah, my diet's pretty flexible at this point. I have pizza, I have hamburgers, cheeseburgers. I don't eat a lot of dairy or a lot of gluten, but I'm not opposed to it either. Um, I eat a pretty plant-based diet depending on how life is going. You know, mm -hmm. last week I ate a lot of pizza. This week I am back on the green train. But mm -hmm. yeah, I kind of, I don't put a lot of emphasis on really re dieting or restrictions. I, I like to focus on um, chronobiology, which is eating around the sun and your circadian rhythms because it's really a way to focus on what you can have 
rather than what you shouldn't have or avoid. For me, um, I went a year drinking the bone broth and having a very restrictive diet, which really helped my gut issues. But at a certain point, it, it was no longer serving me. It was stressing my body out too much to always think about what I couldn't have. And mm-hmm. I started feeling deprived. And now I've welcomed pretty much everything back in, in moderation. And I kind of just listen to my to my body. That's so important for people to hear, myself included, because it can be hard. We can kind of develop this fear. I know for me, at least, like I was healing my gut really rigidly for like a little over a year. And it's hard to then like reintroduce things. And you're, I know, like I was really afraid of regression, regress. I can't even talk regression. And, but it's so important. Like what we, what we needed last month even isn't necessarily what we need now. Yeah. Um, I hear and I see that all of the time and mm -hmm. it breaks my heart because I've been there and I feel it, but it is another form of disordered eating when we start to focus too much on what we can't have or that fear you know Mm -hmm. your your gut's going to be fine if you have a slice of pizza even if it's in the midst of a gut healing protocol if that's filling you up that's what you should eat and I heard something that was um, it's not as important what you eat but that it's made by someone who loves you Mm. and I just love that of like but um just preparing food for yourself pouring love into it having home-cooked meals community foods about community to me celebration family coming together and yeah it's important not not to go too far into being scared of food ultimately you're gonna be fine and gas or a little blow it doesn't really matter just about being happy and balanced and that fear and the stress around what you're eating can totally manifest itself in your gut and on your skin and in so many ways so so often it's best to just eat whatever the thing is that Mm. you're stressing well if we're stressed out our digestion literally shuts down so it doesn't matter how healthy you're eating if you're stressed out you're not digesting it anyways yeah, and and you can do both. Like you can have the pizza, and then you can have bone broth, exactly. right? And like, yeah, you can really, like add that in. It's not one or the other, and mm-hmm. you're not bad if you have the thing that's like not quote unquote healthy. Like you can no, yeah. The idea is to not go to these extremes, and the idea with doing any of these gut healing protocols is not so that you're never going to eat dairy or gluten or right. any of these things ever again. The goal in doing the diets is that you heal the gut and yeah. you can enjoy those yeah. things I in know. life. I think so many people forget that, and it's yeah. just like that's put in the bad list, like the never eat that list. I think we get like a high on the discipline, yeah. and we're like, oh, I did that. You know, it's right. almost like an accomplishment at that point, and I think that drives a lot of people to keep going. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and like orthorexia is such a thing now too. Mm-hmm. I had somebody else on the podcast a while ago and we were talking about that. Um, and that's like very disordered eating. It's just not like classified as like an eating disorder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get that all the time. Like people nervous about the carrots and the broth because of the sugar and like little oh things God. like that. And it's just, <laughs> it's sad because I mean, a lot of the messaging out there is putting people in a mindset where they're yeah. afraid. Yep. a lot of food yeah and i feel like especially in la where it's like everybody is so hyper 
yes, especially body and aesthetic conscious that it's yeah. just like an extreme. But so I'm interested in chrono, what is it? Chronobiology. Chronobiology. So what exactly is that? So it's based in Chinese medicine, and it's the idea um, that food has the most electromagnetic energy and is most bioavailable to the body when the sun is hitting it because then it's open to receiving information from the sun. Um, so in the morning, the simplest way to explain it is in the morning when the sun is rising, it's hitting the trees. So eating tree-ripened fruits and nuts that grow on trees. And then the sun rises from 12 to 3, our digestive fire is at its peak, and the sun is shining directly down. So land grazing animals, greens, squash, beans, Foods that grow above the ground that are harder to digest or break down, um, most appropriate to eat when our digestive fire is at its peak. And then in the evening, we're preparing for rest around the fire. We eat things that grow underneath the ground or in the ocean that require to be cooked on the flame. So sweet potatoes, beets, fruit vegetables, fish, seaweed, watercress, things like that. What benefits have you noticed, if any, from eating that way? Um, I, I don't know if I noticed benefits from eating that way, but, well, I will say, like, I, I never eat, like, salad at night. Mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing would disrupt my system, eating raw foods or things right. like that at night. So, yeah, I just think it gives me a kind of natural flow to the day, and it helps me make choices easier i can be really indecisive yeah. so knowing okay it's morning time i have something like light and cleansing like fruit or right. nuts and then the daytime it's like okay i could have a sandwich or a salad or you know it just kind of yeah, makes like sense a guide yeah it's kind of like a good guide and of course like it's not strict it's 80 20 rule for everything mm -hmm. you can have fruit later in the day if you feel like you need fruit later right. in the day there's no like hard lines yeah. there but yeah how often do you drink your broth? I go in phases. So I've been drinking it a lot lately. Um, last summer, I don't think I had it at all for three months. It was really hot and I wasn't <laughs> in the mood. Um, if I get sick, I always drink our broth. Um, I don't drink a lot of other broth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ours is pretty much the only one that I'm like, okay, if I'm going to drink broth, I'm going to have this one. Is it a flavor thing? Yeah. I, I'm just not into the meaty. Yeah. I'd rather eat meat yeah, than yeah. drink it. <laughs> no, I hear you. I love, I use your broth for, I drink it, but I also love cooking with it. Yeah, it adds a nice flavor profile because <laughs> of the herbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it really does. It, and it's different. It's not, it's not like that. A lot of broths are like kind of gamey and like super yeah. savory and it's just, it's it's nice sometimes for like a richness, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's really unique. Some people love that the rich mm -hmm. gelatinous broth, and they don't like our broth. And that's okay. We have a there's room for everyone. Yeah, there's room for everyone. We're all doing it differently, and every, you know we're all responding differently. So it's good that there's all these options available. That's that's a great thing. About. Yeah. So what is next for Owl? Uh, focusing on the shop and really building out our local community. For the last three years, we've been really online and in the kitchen, and that's been fun and awesome. And 
um, I think we're really looking forward to starting to meet people in the flesh and really build like a, a nice community in Venice and do events and workshops and bring in awesome people like you to, um, you know, share knowledge, education. I see um, OWL growing into more of a media platform. I'm not opposed nor especially inspired to grow the wholesale business and mm. get it into grocery stores across the country. That's never really been my um, highest excitement. I would rather focus on growing things locally and connecting with the customers. And I always love hearing uh, stories about how the products help people. And um, I'm looking forward to connecting with people more in that way. And what about the skincare line? Yeah, the you guys sent me some out. recently, and it's amazing. So, is that Thank something you. that you're going to be kind of bringing more to the forefront, or is yeah. that going to be at the shop too? Yeah, we'll start doing more education around that. I think the skincare is hard because a lot of people don't know about oil cleansing yet, um, and they think uh, that it'll make their skin oily, which is not the case. It um, actually draws impurities, but it leaves natural oils that are good for the skin, so it helps to balance the pH. Um, we have three different products and just introdu we're introducing a fourth a rose spray a toner as well um we have a sun potion which is like an all-over um sun protectant mild daily moisturizer and then we have a moon wash which is a gentle evening cleanser and a moon glow which is a nightly serum so yeah we'll start we'll start doing more promoting of those products that's exciting i'm excited to come to abbott kinney yeah we're excited. we have a little goodie bag for oh, you you're so sweet. <laughs> it's a weird week this week but maybe yeah maybe new york week. next week so we'll figure out a time yeah before i go um usually i do listener questions but instagram is down or it's I been know. down for me. It's so. been down for me all day too. I was trying to post that I was coming I know. here. <laughs> it's bad timing. I wonder if it's fixed now. I um, know my shop employee called me. She was like, "Isn't it so interesting that after the eclipse, the internet's <laughs> down?" Like, oh my god, you're so cute. Mercury in retrograde, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so what advice would you give someone who might be kind of where you were, circa? 2010 or when this whole thing started who might be experiencing things and and they want to adopt a healthier lifestyle but it just seems too overwhelming uh my advice would be to keep it simple i think people overcomplicate things like this and think it's hard it's not really that hard it's like let's just bring it back to the basics rather than looking for products or supplements or Whatever it is, just focus on eating whole foods and listening to your body, seeing how it responds. And uh, also share your story and tell people about it. And don't be embarrassed about having a quote unquote gut issue or whatever it is, because you're going to find people on your path that are going to lead you to the right resources to help you on, on that path. As, as long as you're on that healing path, the right um teachers or healers or friends or supporters are going to show up for you along that path and as long as you're open and listening keeping it simple i love that and i can attest to that because like for me my bloating and my gut issues were like the most shameful thing for me and i was like i'm never gonna 
post about this on Instagram or like, no, like I don't want anybody to know. And when I did, it like totally changed the trajectory of everything I was doing. And I met so many amazing people like you guys. And um, yeah, like once, once you get it out there in the open, then you're like on your way to healing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I love chatting with you. Where can everybody find you? Owl Venice on Instagram or owlvenice.com. And on Abbott Kinney. And on Abbott Kinney, street in the country. (laughs) Yes, we'll have a sign on the door soon, so you'll be able to find us. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, as always, I really appreciate you tuning in. I would appreciate you even more if you can take two seconds and rate and review. It's hard out here for a podcaster right now. I'm going to just be totally honest with you. Everybody and their mother has a podcast, which is great, but it's also challenging. So it really helps me to, you know, get feedback and get the rating, subscribe, do all of the things, share it, share it on social media. I love seeing you guys enjoying it and sharing it with your own audiences. And it really means a lot to me. So I appreciate you and I will talk to you next week.